Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and I'm excited to welcome Jennifer Callanan and Emily Reinert on the show today. Jennifer is the Director of Career Services and Relations with Gopher Athletics, and Emily is the Director of Student Athlete Development with Gopher Athletics as well. And they will be sharing with us how to best prepare for an interview. Jen and Emily, how are you? Doing great, Noah. How are you? Doing great. Glad to have you guys on today. And Jen and Emily, let's start by discuss, discussing what are some of the key things to do before going into an interview? Great question. Um, so I would definitely recommend thinking about how you're going to prepare for the interview, having that job description right at your fingertips um, so you can pull from examples from the description and use your own experiences to, to match those um, examples from from the job description. Also, also get the job description mm-hmm. right away. Save that so that you don't have to go back and, yeah. and ask for it later because that might not look as as good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you can use that job description as a guide um, mm-hmm. as how you will prepare because you never know what they're going to ask you or exactly right. how they're going to ask it. But you mm-hmm. can you can guess from the job description what kind of skills and qualities they're looking for in a candidate. Mm-hmm. So you're going to uh, look through that and make sure that you have lots of stories and examples from past experiences that mm-hmm. that match or are similar to the types of things that they're looking for. Yeah. One of the main strategies that that is really popular um, when you're preparing to think through some of these examples and kind of talk them through mm-hmm. is called the STAR method. Um, and that's really popular because it's so easy to, to outline your thoughts and make sure mm-hmm. that you have just the right amount of information. Mm. And so for those that don't know what this is, STAR stands for situation, task, action, and result. Mm-hmm. So the situation and the task are really providing context, where and when and, and what you were tasked with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the action is, is that what you did, how did you accomplish the task? How did you solve the problem? Mm-hmm. And then the results are just finishing up the story with um, some positive outcomes that that came from those um, actions. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And also another another really helpful tip would be you know, ask questions, have some questions yeah. in advance um, uh, before the interview and several questions more than you would actually need to ask yeah. because you would never know the interview interviewer might already answer some of those mm-hmm. questions within, within yeah. the interview. So, um, and you can think of them in two categories. So you could think of it as uh, job specific questions, mm-hmm. um, things that you are that show that you're interested in that specific position. Mm-hmm. Um, another way to to ask questions would be yeah. an organizational, like asking about the organization, the company, mm-hmm. showing that you're interested in the mm-hmm. company as a whole. Yeah. Um, and 
it's always helpful to have a, at least, you know, three or four of those questions mm -hmm. at the end of the interview. Yeah, absolutely, Jen and Emily. And I appreciate you guys sharing. I think really the highlight of what you guys said is to be prepared. I think that is really the key. I think, uh, Jen, going off what you said in terms of having um, some understanding and to ask the questions about the organization, I think even researching the organization is something that is huge, uh, coming in with the knowledge and understanding of what they stand for, what they're about, where they've been and where they're going, uh, I think really can, can help you stand out, especially in the sports landscape. Uh, there's so many different organizations that have different uh, past success stories, uh, different things they're trying to do in the future, and it's key to come in understanding the, those things. So I appreciate you guys sharing. Definitely preparation mm -hmm. is key. So I appreciate those points. That's awesome. Absolutely. And what are some of the most common interview questions that our listeners should be prepared for? Um, this is this is something uh, a lot of people ask about. It's like, what should I expect? Um, yeah. And almost every interview you ever go on is probably going to start with some version of tell me about yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because most people don't prepare for that because they see, oh, well, that's pretty easy. Yeah. But it's something that um, you can definitely have a strong or a weak <laughs> first tell me about yourself answer. Yeah. Oh, I recommend putting some thought into how you would mm -hmm. describe yourself at the beginning of an interview. Mm -hmm. It's your chance, your chance to really start off strong yeah. um, and set the tone for the rest of the interview. Yeah. And um, there's a little formula that I follow to, to answer this one. Mm -hmm. um, and you can think about it in three sections. So um, who you are professionally now. Yeah. Um, and so like, what is it that's most impressive about you right now? Mm -hmm. That could be your current job title. It could be that you're graduating with a particular degree, mm -hmm. um, something that relates to the thing that you're applying for. Yeah. And then the second part is gonna be um, two to four reasons why you're qualified, mm -hmm. why you're a fit. So sharing a couple experiences from your past that, that relate to this mm -hmm. position. Mm -hmm. And finally, the third part is just um, one to two sentences about why you're excited about the opportunity. Um, and, and so the, the whole answer should take about, you know, two minutes or so. So you're not going into incredible detail about your whole life story. You're keeping it really professional, keeping it concise. And then throughout the rest of the interview, you'll have a chance to go into more detail. Mm -hmm. Love that. Love that. Another not so common anymore question is, you know, what are your weaknesses? Yeah. Um, so that can come up and um, mm -hmm. it, it's always best to be ready for that question just in case it does come up. Yep. But it's good to talk about an area for growth more than it would be talking about a strength, but masking it as a weakness. Yep. Like, oh, I'm just too much of a hard worker. And then <laughs> I always <laughs> get to, you know, so it's yeah. so much work done. You yeah. know, you don't want to do that. You want to sound authentic yeah. and, and genuine. Um, mm -hmm. so, so something you might, uh, for an example, you might talk about, you know, public yeah. speaking, if you're having a hard time with that, yeah. um, you can talk about that as a growth area and how you've you know, worked with your current your supervisor to, to develop that skill by giving yeah. feedback, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, coming up with strategies to, to practice those skills. Yeah. Um, you know, so what's important is just really discuss like the follow-up steps you're taking to mm -hmm. develop that, that area. So it's. A weakness but it's an appropriate weakness for the position yeah yeah absolutely those are two tremendous points i think the tell me about yourself question seems easy kind of like you said emily but 
you start kind of going through it and you're like, oh, wait, I, don't, I have a lot to tell. I don't know if I can break it down into two minutes. So I think that's huge to really prepare for that question. Um, and I think the three key points you gave were huge. Um, and then on the point of the weaknesses, I've, I was always told coming uh, through school that you should never say you have none. Uh, I think it's important, honestly, to, to, be, to be honest about what uh, some weaknesses you have are. Um, I think that shows that you are somebody that is looking to grow, kind of like you said, Jen, that there's that growth um, pattern through your, through your life. And we all have weaknesses, so admitting those, I think, is, is a key mm -hmm. part of that. Those are great, right. great points. I love that. Yeah. And what are some of the key items that employers look for in a resume that would make a candidate really stand out in an interview? Well, the, the first part uh, is, is pretty simple. You're just making sure you're, you have your correct contact information. Some people forget to look at that and really yeah. make sure everything's in yeah. one line even, um, and that you have even your voicemail mm -hmm. um, isn't full. You know, that's yeah. another funny thing that you wouldn't really think about, but yeah. it's, it's common. It, can, it happens, yeah. Totally. So, and your voicemail greeting too, um, it's appropriate. You have your name in there. Um, your email address is professional and it has your name and some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are a couple, you know, simple, easy, low hanging fruit kind of things totally. that you want to make sure right there on your resume. Yeah. Another thing um, with the resume is to make sure that it's tailored to the specific position that you're applying for. Mm -hmm. um, and this writing a resume isn't easy. So I always recommend getting help from from somebody that knows a lot about resumes. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's important too. A lot of people have opinions about resumes, but there are fewer people that really know how to write a good resume. So yeah. um, my tip and suggestion is if, you know, if any of our listeners are either in college or, or recently graduated from college, your college career center is always available um, and has lots of resources and people to help you with that. Yeah. Um, but you really want to make sure that the the language you're using on your resume mm -hmm. speaks to the language that the job is using mm -hmm. in their job description. And so an example that you might have a lot of references on your resume to working with a team or being on a team, mm -hmm. but the job description talks about collaboration across departments. Yeah. And so you could then take your language and translate it into something like um, you collaborate with team members, coaches, and administrators mm. uh, to common goal. Something like that. Something simple to tweak the language just so that it's very easy to see at a quick glance that you have the same skill set that they're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can go back to your college career center too, um, yeah. believe it or not, if you graduate <laughs> and, and utilize them again. Yeah. So if you are rusty on your resume skills, go back and see them. And, and they'll be happy to help. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the point about the, the career center is huge. It's it's available. It's there, especially for our listeners that are in the college stage of their lives. It's something to take advantage of for sure. Um, it's it, it can be hard to write a resume that is that, that is supposed to be what it is um, and, and have the correct professional uh, design to it. So I think that's huge. Um, mm -hmm. As well as I think tailoring the, the resume is, is really important, um, especially to that job description. As you mentioned earlier, um, it's really important to, to understand what the job description is and to prepare accordingly, but especially in terms of the resume, I think those are tremendous tips. I appreciate you guys sharing that. Awesome. And one big thing, especially for, for students that are in this generation, it is common for organizations to look at interviewees' social media accounts. So what can our listeners do to make sure that their social media accounts won't put them in a bad place with an organization? Well, it... it 
it's, it's funny because the Facebook, for example, um, came out when I just finished college and, and it was already a big deal um, back then. So yeah, it is, it's very common for employers or for organizations to look at, Mm -hmm. look you up on social media and they they do want to do that. So Google yourself, first of all, just Google yourself and see what comes up. Um, Watch out for personal details, you know, so kind of tamp down what you're putting out there um, on your, on your social media, like privacy settings, things like that. It's okay to have a social media account and it's okay to be out there, but it just, just look at what you can see when you look at yourself um, from a third party perspective, for example. Um, And it's important for hiring managers and recruiters to to not have that much personal information about you. But again, it is okay to have something out there about yourself. Yeah, totally. Great advice. Yeah, another tip is just to add add professional um, a professional version of yourself out there into the mix by yeah. creating a nice LinkedIn profile, mm-hmm. so that when employers are looking you up and googling you, um, that professional face of of um, that you're putting out there on LinkedIn is something that comes up that they can then look at. Yeah. You don't have to have as many privacy settings because that's going to have your resume information and all that good stuff. Yeah out there. So you're adding to the mix and then, um, and then they'll be able to see that. Yes, you have, you know, all the others, um, but they don't necessarily have to see all your videos and your pictures. Absolutely. Yeah. Two tremendous points. And I think it is uh, unique in terms of this generation to have to handle those um, interesting details that could come with social media. But I think a really key point, uh, privacy settings are huge. One thing I discuss a lot with our students is it's important to really keep your uh, personal relationships and different dramas in your life really off your social media pages so those aren't um, on blast for people to see. Um, and so I think that's an important note as well is to truly just keep the, the important things about your life on social media but keep a lot of what you're going through personally just within yourself and people that you care about. Um, and I do think LinkedIn is, is a massive, massive uh, piece of advice. I appreciate you sharing that, Emily. And I think it is something that if you utilize it well, it can be a huge plus for you professionally. Um, and I think it's a great way to make relationships too. I think even beyond that, um, to connect with somebody you interviewed with um, after the interview via LinkedIn, I think is huge and sending a personalized note, uh, things of that nature. So great points. And I think those are very valuable tips. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. And a looming question for young professionals is, uh, what do I wear going into an, an interview? So what is the expectation for guys and gals in terms of what they should wear going into an interview? This is always a hard, hard question. And even me, someone who coaches on interviews, I have to stop and think like, okay, well, yeah. what am I wear to this interview? Yeah. Um, do a little research ahead of time. So you can look up the company on LinkedIn. You can look at their website to get a sense of their level of professionalism. Yeah. Um, because depending on the type of company it is, the you know the industry you're going into may be a bit more casual than say like a financial institution is going to be super professional. Yeah. Um, so just kind of figure out their day to day level of professionalism and then step it up for the interview. Yeah. So that could mean if they're business casual. On most days for your interview, you're going to be a little bit more business professional. That might mean wearing, um, you know, a, a sport coat or a suit. Um, it might mean wearing a blouse and a blazer. Yeah. Um, just to step it up a little bit than their mm-hmm. kind of typical day to day. Yeah, absolutely. 
And that that applies to virtual interviews as well. So yeah. in person or virtual, you want to make sure that you're you're dressed um, professionally and um, kind of leaning on the conservative side. So not a lot of jewelry or a lot of bright colors or patterns because you really want the focus on what you're saying mm-hmm. and not what you're wearing. Absolutely. That's great. And you, you don't even have to be new to interviewing to struggle with that. I interviewed for the position I'm in now with athletics here and I was like, should I wear my athletics wear or should I wear a blazer? <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, it always comes up and it's, it's mm-hmm. important, but I look, I had somebody to give me some feedback. Um, so I think I did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I, I love those points, especially I think in terms of the virtual interview, cause it can be tough with those. You're like, well, I don't, no, I'm just going to be on Zoom. So I think that's uh, very yeah. vital, vital tips there. I do want to share an, an anecdotal story uh, in terms of what to wear in an interview. Um, I was a basketball manager at Butler University uh, for four years. And when I went in for the interview, um, I was unsure what to wear. Obviously, kind of like you said, Jen, it's, it's a sports team. So do I wear sporting gear or do oh, I wear yeah. something that's, you know, uber professional? Um, and I decided to go the professional route. I wore a suit. Um, and I walk in and the two people interviewing me just had sweats and a hoodie on. Um, so I was overdressed. But later I learned that one of the reasons I got hired was because of uh, what I was wearing was was professional. And it showed that I was going to be prepared and ready. So I always think about that. Um, I was overdressed, but it did pay off in the end in terms of uh, kind of showing the, the level of preparation um, I had for the interview. So I think for our students listening, that's you might feel like you're overdressing, especially for uh, them as they want to work in the sports industry, but um, I think it's better to overdress than it is to underdress. So key points. Appreciate you guys sharing there. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. And really, one key part uh, to an interview is selling yourself. Um, but it can be tough to balance being too arrogant or cocky. So share with us what is the best way to sell yourself uh, to an interviewer without being cocky or arrogant. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 actually almost more common to sell yourself short um, in an interview. Um, It's because it's not that natural, you know, to talk about yourself in a positive light in front of others. And so um, it it is, it is good to to focus on your strengths and experiences, give examples um, in a positive light. Of course uh, it, I don't believe it comes off really braggy or or cocky or arrogant. If you're focusing on, you know, the, the position, at hand and how you've done work that that relates to that position and yeah. and you you if you're prepared as we talked about at the beginning yeah. you'll already have these examples ready to go and it will become a little more natural for you to discuss that so mm-hmm. um, I think just again focusing on your strengths and how you've done a good job and, and giving examples in the past and 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 how excited you are to work for them will still come off as. Uh, genuine and authentic more more often than not absolutely absolutely it's awesome yeah yeah no, i think too it's it's interesting to think about that that reality of it's it's a, something you should be doing is is bragging about yourself in an interview in, in a way that as you said relates to the job um, but i think that's that's really key i think for our listeners to not feel um, bad about doing that um, obviously as you mentioned earlier talking about your weaknesses is part of it in most interviews, but I do think it's something that um, it's okay to talk about yourself. That's why you're in there. That's why it is an interview. They, they want to see what your skill sets are. They want to see what you've done and, and past experiences you've had. So I think um, for our listeners, not feeling bad about <clears throat> talking about themselves and being excited to share about themselves because um, that's really the, the whole point of the interview is to 
for to have the, the interviewer to get a better view of you. So I think it was great points there. Appreciate you sharing. Yeah. I think an undervalued uh, part of interviews is uh, body language and tone of voice. I think those are something we don't often think about, but have some value. Uh, so share with us um, kind of what advice you would give our listeners in regards to keeping those two items in check during the interview. That can be really hard. If you're the type of person that gets nervous, um, which most people do uh, yeah. get nervous before an interview, yeah. focus on what am I saying? How am I saying it? And and it's hard to, to be cognizant of your body language or your tone of voice. Yeah. And that's preparation comes in. Um, if you can do some practice ahead of time, record yourself. Yeah. Uh, take a look at, at what you look like, what you sound like as you're talking through your examples um, and sharing sharing your stories. Yeah. You might notice that you are talking too fast or you're talking too loud or you know whatever happens when you're a little bit more anxious, those things mm. tend to exaggerate. Yeah. And so that once you're aware of it, you can you can kind of keep that in check. Totally. Um, when it when it's time you're in the interview, um, you as much as you can try to try to be as natural as you can and, and kind of breathe through those nerves and mm-hmm. focus on what they're saying and not just thinking about what you're going to say. So be listening and, and, and sharing and trying to be as natural as you can. Remember to make eye contact. If you're um, sometimes you'll have a committee interview, so it'll be more than one person. Yeah. And so you make sure that you're, you're making eye contact around the room and looking at everyone when you're talking yep. Um it's okay after a question is asked to take a moment, take a breath, kind of collect your thoughts yeah. and then start talking. Um, and that can kind of help to, to gather yourself before you, you launch into your answer. Yeah. Um, remember to smile and breathe. If you do stumble, if you make a mistake, if you forget part of the question, um, it's actually like proven that people find you more relatable, more likable. So if you can kind of roll with it and laugh yeah. at yourself and move on and recover yeah. well, yeah. that's really a positive thing in an interview. So yeah. so that can take some of the pressure off that. You don't have to be perfect mm. if you can kind of roll with it and, yeah. and move on. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. Great advice. Yeah, and I think too what's like kind of going off your point about uh, really just rolling with the, the mistakes, I think that's – it's really part of the deal is is you're gonna mess up at some point. Um, I don't think anybody's perfect in an interview, and if you are, that's that's awesome. But most of us are not perfect in interviews, so I think that's key is uh, to be just okay with that. It's it's not about being perfect; it's about doing your best. And I think if you're putting off um, that you are trying to share and, and be as authentic as possible, I think kind of like you said, Emily, it's, it's relatable. Um, so I appreciate you sharing. That's that's great stuff right there. And lastly, Jen and Emily, what are some tips you would give in regards to following up with an organization after the interview? Excellent question. Um, well, it may be common um, or obvious, but thanking them, you know, thanking the people you interview with, every single person yeah. that you, you spoke with at least 24 hours after the interview. Yeah. Uh, email is fine. Mm-hmm. You do not have to write a, a handwritten thank you note. But if you do and send it, which it may not make it to that person very quickly, but you should still follow up with a thank you email. Yeah. Um, and it's it's fine to do that and restate your interest in the position and um, yeah. you know, 
kind of maybe even restate why you're interested, you know, yeah. or why highlight why you're a good fit is what I mean. Yeah. Um, and, and hopefully that you'll hear from them soon. Totally. And it kind of depends on how you left the interview. If they've just talked about, you know, timeline and when you'll hear back um, and that how that relates to the timing of your, your thank you note as well. Yeah. So if they say, you know, we'll we'll get back to you in a week, um, give it some time yeah. as well. And, and before you follow up again, if you haven't heard anything, give them that that piece of time. Because it always takes longer than you would think yeah. for, for them to get back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it can be pretty slow. But but and also when you're doing that thank you piece, keep it brief yeah. um, and yeah. concise. It's still part of the application materials. So you want to continue to be professional in, in that as well. Um, yeah. yeah. And every time I've interviewed for a position, I've done a thank you email and it's I don't know. It feels good. It feels yeah. good to have that end piece there um, and that you're recognizing that that you're thanking them for their time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's and it's more important than you think. A lot of people forget that yeah. it's, a, it's a simple action that you can do mm-hmm. that makes you just stand out from the rest. Um, and it it's it's just a nice thing to do. So totally. like Jen, 24 within 24 hours, send that thank you email right away. Yeah. And then um, if they haven't provided a timeline, um, by the end of the interview, like around the time you're asking them questions, it's okay to ask them at the end of the interview yeah. what their timeline is, their expected timeline to make a decision yeah. so that you can take a mental note. And if they say, we're interviewing through the week, we'll get back to people early next week. Yeah. Well, by early next week, you know, midweek, if you haven't heard from them, it's appropriate to reach out one time yeah. uh, to thank them again and just check in on their, on their timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think those are two awesome points. And I think this is probably one of the most undervalued uh, portions of the interview process is the follow-up. Um, I don't think a lot of young professionals see that. Um, and for our listeners, I hope they did take away from you guys' points on the email. I think that's huge to send that thank you email um, right away, as you said, within the first 24 hours. And I think even, too, um, if there's an address provided, I think a handwritten thank you note even adds another level of, of personal touch um, I know a few sport professionals that I've connected with that actually have a drawer in their desks um, with all the thank you notes they've received. So that can provide a whole new level of um, remembering somebody's name. Uh, maybe down the line, if there's another opportunity, they'll remember your note and reach back out. So small things like that are, are huge. And then, yeah, asking about the timeline. I think we often feel like it's an out-of-bounds question, but it's, it's not. I think it's very fair, and um, I think at every interview, at every interviewer will be okay to share um, that timeline. So great points, and I appreciate it. And I think that's a very valuable piece to the interview process. So I appreciate you guys sharing. Sure. And Jenna and Emily, thank you for joining the show today to share your insight on interviews. And we wish you both well. Great. Thank you, Noah. Thanks for having us. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at Uncommon SG. That's UncommonSG.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern Time, as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.